0: Spring is among us, or is is uh, all around us, at least in more, most of the country. Some parts of the country <laughs> still experience some, some great cold over the last couple some of weeks.
1: Frost warnings. <laughs>
0: That's right. Some <laughs> frost advisories. Um, but w- this year, there are family gardens, victory gardens, and community gardens um, that are, are just picking up popularity and uh, and growing very quickly um, in, in terms of popularity. So... How do you prepare for a garden? To help us with that today, we have our guest, Gwen Zagor. And uh, along with Gwen, we have Bob Zagor. You might recognize these names. Friends of ours <laughs> from the Office of National Mission. Bob is the Executive Director. And uh, Gwen is lovely bride who is an expert when it comes to all um, things, when uh, to growing things and to soil. So Gwen and Bob, thank you so much for joining us today on the Coffee Hour.
2: Thank you so much. It's fun to be here.
0: Great to be here. I'll just sit here and stare at Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> Gwen how long have you been uh growing things or just in, interested in um plants and soil and and caring for those things
2: um I think fi- probably since I was a little kid my dad always had an enormous garden in our backyard um and then when I went off to college I studied natural resources and soil science and um led me into working for soil conservation and um, even the short-term mission trip I went on with the agricultural consultancy team just this past February.
0: So many people around the world, including right here in in the States, in the Midwest, are starting a garden, some for the very first time. What are the benefits of starting a garden? Why start a garden this year?
2: It's a great time, especially with people not being able to go to the store as often as usual. You can grow your own produce right out your own back door. It's, it's a real sense of accomplishment to go out to your garden or even your patio pot and have a handful of fresh cherry tomatoes to throw in your salad. Uh, it's, it's just a really wonderful thing to have that fresh produce so readily available. And you get such a a sense of accomplishment, and it's great to get the kids involved, too, to see that the vegetables don't just come from a a vegetable stand or the counter in the grocery store, but how they grow on plants.
1: Yeah, it is pretty cool. Uh, We had an accidental squash plant last year that grew out of our compost bin, which was uh, kind of hilarious, but also really cool. That was the first time I had actually eaten food that I had grown, and it was a really... (laughs) It was a really fun experience to like go outside and pick a squash to go to eat.
0: <laughs> an accidental garden. I love it. It was
1: I hashtagged an accidental garden. It was really fun. Anyway.
0: <laughs> so one of those things that I've learned from Gwen is that those are called volunteer plants.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, they yep, are. They are. It, it, it definitely volunteered itself for us and we ate delicious squash for several weeks before it died. But anyway, um, so if I'm starting a garden and I have uh, maybe backyard space or, or maybe there's a community garden that I can that I could go to to, to have a plot there. Um, but if I have backyard space, uh, what should I consider uh, for for a location, what's the what's the kind of location that I would need to put a garden?
2: First of all, you need a lot of sun. Uh, your plants have to have usually about six to seven hours of sun, direct sun a day, if you're going to get a good crop. Um, and um, besides the sun, you don't want to put it someplace that will lay wet all the time because your plants will literally drown. Um, also, you don't want them high and dry on a say on a hillside where the soil will wash away or they won't be able to retain enough water. So first, look for uh, the levelest spot you can find in your yard, which is sometimes challenging depending <laughs> on where you live, and um, that has a lot of sun during the day.
0: So sun and moisture are certainly important. Anything else when it comes to selecting location?
2: Well, naturally, the soil is. Um, if You may live in a part of the country that's totally sandy. Uh, you may live in a part like here where it's completely clay. So you need to try to find the best spot you can in your yard, and sometimes you have to create that. Around Ooh. here... Um, a lot of people container garden because it's so completely full of clay around this area that you can hardly dig up the ground to make a garden. Um, Even um, I was just, just saying to Bob this morning that having this interview reminds me of uh, when our first Lutheran uh, forefathers, if you will, came over and were sort of sold a bill of goods that this area by St. Louis was a great area to farm and found just the opposite. And I told him, I never realized what that meant until we moved here a couple of years ago. <laughs> how
0: do you, how do you look at soil differently than the average person might look at soil? What do you look for when you're, when you're looking at soil for a garden?
2: Well, um, okay. The top part of the soil is called the A horizon, and it's very, it's where you have all the organic matter, the rotting grasses and leaves that make that nice, dark, rich, black soil. So you've got the the topsoil part, then you have the next part down, which um, would be, guess what, the B horizon, and that wouldn't have as many nutrients or be as easy to Um, till up is the top part that's so full of the nice rich uh, humus Um, so um, that's one thing is how deep is your a horizon Um, also you're going to I notice whether it has a good proportion of sand silt and clay And a nice, good balance of the three of those is the best possible soil that can exist. Then you have ranges from totally sandy to totally clay and everywhere in between. Um, And you can add what you need to make your soil better if you're on one of the ends that are too much clay or too much sand. Um, then you can add to it. Um, too much sand is actually easier because you can add lots of um, organic matter. Sarah just said she had a compost bin. That's mm-hmm. that is that's an awesome thing to do. If if you've never gardened before and you're thinking of gardening, a compost bin is the a wonderful addition. Uh, some no- neighborhoods need to have them in lovely little containers and kind of hidden away from neighbors. Others, you can just take a, a bunch of uh, uh, um, chicken wire kind of stuff and make a container and and throw everything in it. Now, what you need to throw in there is any kind of peelings or kitchen scraps, like Sarah ended up with the squash, um, <laughs> leaves, grasses, eggshells, but absolutely no Proteins, no meat scraps at all, because that'll draw rodents and, and other nasties. Um, and coffee grounds and, and anything that's, that's uh, plant material. And it, it uh, rots and becomes wonderful, dark, rich humus, full of nitrogen that just about anybody's soil um, would need. And you just mix it in with the soil when you're ready to plant. And it adds nutrients quite naturally to the ground.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, composting is that has been an adventure for us. Uh, I I grew up in the city and we did not do anything like this. But I married a, a country farm boy, so uh, so he has taught me a lot about all of these things and and how to uh, successfully actually grow food. Since I am very bad at growing any <laughs> any kind of plant. Uh, as noticed by the dead rose plant now in front of my desk that was alive a month ago. But anyway, um, so, so what, uh, what about seeds? Uh, what kind of seeds or plants, uh, are, are good to start with, or what should we look for, um, when starting seeds or plants?
2: If you're going to buy seeds, uh, there are some plants that you just really don't want to hassle with trying to uh, grow from a seed unless you are experienced at it. For instance, if you went and bought tomato seeds, don't count on getting tomatoes. This year. It just it, They just take too long. Um, I actually have a little tray full of peat pots that I started in my bathtub back in February or March of seeds, and now they're getting big enough to be transplanted. Um, outside, but if it's a little late for that, <laughs> um, things like squash and cucumbers, uh, they grow really well from seeds, carrots, radishes, beets, peas. My husband's saying peas, which mm-hmm. is really true. Um, peas are great. They are a great fun thing to start with. Um, string beans, especially the bush kind, unless you want to go to the trouble to set up um, a trellis for the beans to grow up. Um, sugar snap peas, they come up so fast and they don't mind the frost. You can even plant them again in September and get a second crop of sugar snap peas. Um, otherwise, as far as plants go, uh, tomatoes go by a plant. Don't try to start them from seed. Uh, bell peppers, hot peppers, You go to Home Depot, go to Lowe's, go to garden centers, you know, your favorite, your favorite garden center run by the local person. Um, Look for nice, dark green foliage. You don't want anything yellow. They should be kind of chubby, I guess I'd say. (laughs) (laughs) You (laughs) You don't want long, skinny plants with a few leaves because they probably were light deprived or something. Um, and then when you bury them, tomato plants, you should bury, uh, some people have said two thirds of the plant. I think that's a bit extreme, but bury it at, at least a third to a half of the way up the stem. And that makes it stronger and it puts out new leaves more quickly that way.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm excited and also to to learn that I've done most of the things correctly this year in our <laughs> garden. So, um, <laughs> It sounds like I'm on track with, uh, with Gwen instructions here and what I've done, and what I've planted. I started our tomatoes early. Uh, so I did start those from seed, uh, but those were started much earlier. So they're, uh, they're ready to go. Um, one more question. We have just like a minute left. And I bet this is one that, that Bob's eager to jump at. Um, how might our gardening be different than the first ever gardeners? Well, our gardening is hard. That's the curse in Genesis 3. Thorns and thistles will yield for you. By the sweat of your brow, you'll eat bread. But that's the promise of Jesus, too, that he's overcome the curse of the law, that we actually enjoy this in a lot of ways. <laughs> and and in the end, as a result of our redemption, his death and resurrection, we can look forward to an eternity of Feasting well without all of the hard work. Hmm. Amen, amen. And I think the difference between like the the compost pile that uh, maybe um, Adam and Eve had, and then what Sarah and her husband have, <laughs> is that the Gulseth compost pile has way more coffee grounds in it than oh, what yes. Adam and Eve had. Ours, is so
2: much well, coffee. Ours is well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Zagors, thank you so much for joining us for the Coffee Hour today. Thanks for the great tips and uh, excited to hear about your garden and, and what's growing in your garden, what's successful this year as well down the road. Thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today.
2: It was fun. Thank you.
0: A pleasure. God bless. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.